as entrepreneurs, we all want to make a major difference out there. We want to reach out and really get our message out to individuals that we can help make a difference. Well, I have a superstar, and I do mean a superstar here with me today. Uh, it is an unbelievable uh, talent. He was one of the earliest pioneers, if not the pioneer. Uh, in 1965, he started a company, you know, early 60s. Now, remember, the internet wasn't there. <laughs> uh, there you know, we, he started in the political uh, direct mail ideology, uh, just really uh, a major, major player. And I'm going to let him share some of the things that he's done. But he is today one of the largest players in this area. So many lessons. I mean, think of how many lessons learned over that period. In a typical year, 150 million postal pieces, not emails. Some of you do emails, but postal pieces. And certainly similar in the email. He's a very young 82, and he would make many of us look like slackers. Uh, he puts 12 to 14 hours in regularly. And one of the most impressive things, I think, over his career, of being one of the top marketing people over the last 50 plus years, is that he commits to a couple hours of studying marketing each and every day. I mean, this is an amazing individual Stay tuned because the insights that you're going to see when you meet Richard are going to be unbelievable. I'm John Bowen. We're at AES Nation, all about accelerating your entrepreneurial success, and we're going to do that today. Ordinary success? No way. You want amazing, remarkable, exceptional breakthroughs. Dig deep. Think bold. Drive hard. Watch yourself soar beyond your dreams. AESNation.com. I am so excited to have you with us today. Uh, I've had the privilege of meeting you at Joe Polish's Mastermind Group a couple of times. We spent a little bit more time together at our last meeting in Phoenix. And you made a presentation. I was just blown away, not only with the history, but the insights that you gave, I mean, I was, I, you know, there were, I think there were 67 very successful entrepreneurs and there wasn't a person not writing down everything you said. So I want to share you with our audience here at AES Nation. So thank you, Richard, for joining us. Great to be with you, John. I've been looking forward to this time together with you. Well, and Richard, you know what I'd love to do? I mean, you have such a rich history and, uh, you know, we're not going to dive too much in the political side, but you know, you and I share a lot of the same political beliefs. And uh, but I mean, it's just you know, no matter what side politically you are on or what message you want to get out, you are unbelievably effective at getting it out. And you know, yeah, that's I always joke about it. It's not we don't usually wake up at you know age five and say we're gonna we're gonna change the world <laughs> in direct mail and get our message out. How did this all come about? Uh, John, and uh, when I'm a kid, I'm just consumed with politics. Uh, kids in the neighborhood shooting cops and robbers. I don't tell anybody, but I'm not shooting the robbers. I'm <laughs> shooting communists because I came into this world knowing them's as bad people. So anyway, I'm just consumed with politics and. Uh, my mid-20s, uh, uh, I get an opportunity to run a conservative youth organization that had just been founded a few months earlier 
on Bill Buckley's family estate in uh, Sharon, Connecticut. So I go to New York City, and I know nothing about marketing. And I run the organization for about a year and a half, doing everything. Uh, but I just fell in love with direct mail. And after a year and a half, I asked to be relieved of all duties except direct mail. I wanted to focus on that. I did that for another year and a half. And by now, it's December of 1964. And I felt I knew everything there was to know about marketing. And so I was going to leave and start uh, my own company, business. And by then, I had a wife and two babies. Of course, I knew nothing about marketing. I knew less than 1% of what I know now. But I thought I knew a lot more than I did. But the one thing I knew I didn't have and I needed, and that was names and addresses. I needed customers, people to write to. And in 1964, I discovered that if you were running for president, you had to file all of your $50-plus donors with the clerk of the House of Representatives. So I went down there in 64, found Goldwater's uh, stack of donors, started copying, didn't make a lot of progress after a couple of days. So I hired uh, six women to do that. And after uh, maybe six weeks, I had 12,500,000 names, 12,500. And that allowed me to uh, have the courage to quit a good job and uh, hang out my shingle. And I was the pioneer. No one in America, no one in the world had ever done political direct mail, ideological direct mail before that. Uh, by the end of that first year, I had 100,000 uh, donors, and within a few years, I was up to a million. Now we have 10 million uh, donors, and that's the lifeblood of our organization. Between that and our, our team here, our employees, uh, it makes every, all the difference in the world. So anyway, uh, we're still, as I said earlier, the, the largest. Uh, we have 75 uh, employees, most of them world-class uh, marketers. And uh, I charge hell every morning with a bucket of water. And it didn't happen yesterday, John, but I promise you today before the sun sets, I will save Western civilization. <laughs> oh, I, I really love that. I want to go all the way back, though, to the first 12,500, Richard, where you're going ahead and you're, you're going. And I, I'm... I, I graduated in the uh, mid-70s college, and I can still remember punch cards and big mainframes and so on. What were you using to you know, get that 12,500, then the 100,000 in those days to kind of manage that? To show you how, uh, what a dinosaur I was, <laughs> Trogulite, uh, is that when I got to 12,500, I gave them to a friend of mine who was in the uh, computer business. He was moonlighting at a, at a Catholic charity. They let him use the equipment uh, after hours. Uh, and he, so anyway, I gave him 12,500 names. He brought them back on mag tape uh, maybe a few <laughs> weeks later. And we sat down, and I sat down literally, and I unrolled about 20, 30 feet of mag tape. And I looked at him, and I said, Tom, where's my names? I said, what do you mean? There's no holes in the tape. I expected to see tape. You know, I've never seen a magnetic tape before. Uh, and then uh, in 66, 67, the post office starts talking about uh, going with zip codes. And we all used metal uh, plates in those days, uh, scriptomatic uh, metal plates. And so we had all these 12,500 names on uh, metal plates as well as the mag tapes. And I thought that was going to destroy the direct mail business going to uh, zip codes. My gosh, i got to get rid of all my 100,000 metal uh, plates here. Anyway. Well, it's, one of the things I wanted to bring that up, because sometimes we as entrepreneurs in today's world think it's hard. Okay, it was, we have a few more tools than you had when you were first getting started. And I know you're using all the tools now. And that's one of the things I love uh, about having the opportunity to visit uh, with you, Richard, and uh, to really get to know you better is uh, you have just, you know, continued to grow 
and really make a huge impact all along the way. And I want to go to uh, uh, some of the lessons that you shared at uh, Joe's uh, meeting and share it with our audience and, and, and that you that have made you so successful in, in making a difference, creating value. And the, the very first thing you shared was about always having mentors. And, you know, how, how has that influenced your life and how would you recommend that your fellow entrepreneurs use that strategy? That's, uh, I wouldn't be where I am now. I wouldn't have accomplished a fraction of what I have achieved, uh, John. Uh, and by the way, at age 82, I've learned this from Dan Sullivan. I am as convinced as we are sitting here talking to each other that I've got a bigger front than a back. So whatever I've done in the past is going to be dwarfed by what I do in, in the future. But from the day that I went to New York City, my boss, uh, Marvin Liedman, uh, was a giant in uh, fundraising. He didn't do direct mail fundraising like we do now, but he was doing fundraising uh, high dollar. And he was my first mentor. Uh, when I started, within months after starting my company in 1965, I spent a whole week with a man named Ed Mayer. He was uh, the primary teacher for uh, the Direct Marketing Association in those days, and there was a dozen of us or so for all week long, and he became my mentor. Once uh, uh, a month for the next 15 years, he came to our office and coached me and my employees. After he died, uh, a man named Dick Benson called and said, yeah, your guru has just died. Can I be your new guru? And my reply was, you got the job. Uh, so those three giants uh, allowed me to really have an unfair advantage, quite frankly, over the competition because I, I was being taught by the best of the best. In the last 15 years, I've had Dan Sullivan for my coach. So I encourage everybody who's uh, in the entrepreneurial business, whether you're just starting or you've been in it for, for a long while, get a mentor. We all need mentors. So we all need coaches. And by the way, if you can't afford to uh, maybe have a high-level coach, there are many good coaching organizations. They're national, they're local. Uh, and I joined uh, these organizations 30, 40 years ago because I knew that I didn't know how to run an organization. I didn't go to college as most of these entrepreneurs uh, are in the same boat. We didn't go to college to learn how to uh, run an organization, how to start one, and how to manage, hire, fire, etc. So I knew I had a weakness in that area. So I surrounded myself with people who could help me in that area. And that's so important. One last thing in that area, John, is the importance of accountability. Uh, I heard a, a giant uh, mentor of many people in coaching business years ago say the number one reason people are failing is because they have there's a lack of accountability. And I was guilty of that. I'd get up in the morning and I'd see a rabbit run down here and say, oh, I'll chase that one. 10 o'clock, here's another one. 11.30, I'll go off over here. But when you've got a real board of directors and people really holding you accountable, you're going to be much more disciplined. It won't be maybe sometimes as much fun. They'll hold you uh, accountable, but you'll achieve a great deal more if you have accountability. You know, I look at the biggest successes I've had along the way. I can think of a, a few mentors who just really, you know, they had walked the path before me and they could shortcut. They let me still find some mistakes along the way, but just that little bit of coaching just made a huge difference. And uh, yeah, the real board of directors, you know, the, one of the challenges, what we all like as entrepreneurs is freedom. Yeah. And, you know, freedom from accountability sounds better, you know, whether it's rabbit holes or shiny new things, you know, as you have more and more success, there's more of those rabbits running around. And, you know, we, in every study we have of entrepreneurship, I mean, that focus, that massive deliberate action on a focused area, which is so counter 
to uh, uh, so many uh, of us as entrepreneurs or a natural thing is to go start something else. R Richard, give an example. I mean, when you, you know, what would, a, for an entrepreneur who hasn't had a board of directors, I mean, that's a kind of a scary thing. Um, geez, you know, you've got this freedom, you, you can do whatever you want type, and now all of a sudden you're gonna go ahead and have somebody who, you know, certainly understands the business a bit, but not as much as you, you know, yeah. you know holding you accountable. You know, why, why do you feel so strongly about that? John, and this is a great uh, question and observation on your part. Uh, yeah, and as an entrepreneur, you want freedom. Uh, and I had the freedom to, you know, do a lot of things uh, as I'm building my company, including uh, waste a lot of money, waste a lot of time, and nothing gives you more freedom than, than uh, profit. And uh, I uh, hired a company uh, early in my career when I'm eight, 10 years old, uh, been in business eight, 10 years, uh, to do a study of our company. And they did for four or five months, charged me a lot of money, came back and said, uh, here's our recommendation. You resign as president, CEO of the company, <laughs> and become chief creative person. You're the chief copywriter, et cetera. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. I'm the president. This is my company, and I'm not going to turn it over to somebody else. They were dead right. <laughs> About 12 years ago, I uh, did turn the company over to a wonderful lady who came to me as a kid right out of William and Mary and stayed with me a while and uh, been involved in our company at different times. But anyway, she, I made her the president CEO about 12 years ago, changed my life for the better. I've got so much more freedom now. I'm able to focus on my unique ability and she focuses on her unique ability and life is so much better now that I've got, uh, you know, somebody who's, uh, I can turn the company over to and I can focus on my unique ability. And that just has changed my life for the better. I, I could feel the uh, entrepreneurs, you know, as you're listening to this, I know I, I'm going, geez, a formal board. And I, ha I have done that many times. And uh, uh, each time I've done, <laughs> you know, I have more success. So I don't know why, why we all fight those things. But the freedom that being very profitable has and the ability to replace yourself and have the business run even better. I, you know, if you can't feel good doing that, I mean, this is where it's really amazing. Now, Richard, one of the things that you talked about at uh, Joe's was this concept of four horsemen that are really guiding you along the way. And why don't we start out with the first one that you talked about, and we'll go through one at a time. But right. this whole concept of positioning, um, what what do you mean by that? Why is that so important to you as that horseman that really has helped propel you through uh, all your success? Yeah, these four horsemen that I've developed, uh, quite frankly, they're not uh, really original with me through studying many uh, people, particularly uh, Al Reese and Jack Trout. And Al Reese, they used to write together. Now they write separately. Uh, Al Reese writes with his daughter, Laura. And much of what I've learned, I've learned from them, but I've put it in uh, this sequence of the four horsemen uh, combining what they've taught as well as others. And I am so convinced that these four things are the secret to success in life. I say that you've got to get these four things right, John, 
And if you do, you, your life is downhill, the wind to your back, get them wrong, you're going uphill, the wind in your face, and you're not going to succeed. All right? Position is nothing more than a hold, H-O-L-E, in the marketplace. It's, uh, and you, that's what you decide, quite frankly, privately, what hole in the marketplace do you want to, uh, to occupy. And I like to use uh, an example of, uh, say, Fox Television. Now, it doesn't matter whether you're Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal, you can understand this concept here. Rupert Murdoch, 20 years ago, when he wants to start a cable television network, doesn't try to duplicate what his competitors are going to be doing, CBS, ABC, NBC, CNN. He says there's a hole in the marketplace. Nobody's serving the right of center community in America for news. Life got pretty easy, you know, at that point when he said there's a whole market of 50% of Americans not being served. So he said that's the market will serve. And then that's what he did privately. Then the number two is differentiation. And differentiation is what you do publicly. So how does he differentiate from CNN, CBS, ABC, etc.? And he did that by hiring people like Bill O'Reilly, Megyn Kelly, Sean Hannity, Glenn Beck for a while, then Fox and Friends. So he clearly has a product that differentiates from his competitors. Third is USP, which I think most of your uh, audience will know is unique selling proposition slash benefit. And that's kind of easy. Uh, when you uh, listen to Fox, you get news and information that you don't get anywhere else. So if you're a conservative, if you're right of center politically, you can see that uh, you're going to get information you're not going to get on ABC, NBC, etc. Fourth is brand and brand, John, is the ball game. It's, it's everything. Uh, it's one, it's a combination of these other three. It's a combination of your position, differentiation, and your benefit. But it's what makes you singular, what makes you unique. In the, uh, the words of Seth Godin, it's what makes you a purple cow. Okay, I live out in the country. Regularly past fields of 40 brown cows on one side, 50 black and white ones on the other side. But if one of those cows, and they all look alike, can't tell one from the other. But if one is a purple cow, that stands out. So all of our job in life is to be a purple cow. Not only for, you know, our business, uh, but uh, for us as individuals. I speak to a lot of young people, and I say you're, most of you are single. Uh, you're looking for a spouse. A lot of competition for that pretty young girl's hand out there, you know. So how do you separate yourself? How do you distinguish yourself from all that serious competition? And so uh, it's just important to know this in life. Uh, position, differentiation, USP slash benefit, and then brand. John, most products today are not, uh, are not sold. They are bought. Uh, I like to shop. I'm one of these unusual men that likes to go to the supermarket. And I go to Wegmans uh, on a regular basis, uh, usually on a Thursday afternoon, Friday. And uh, there's 40,000 products maybe in that store. Not one salesperson. Not one. People that check me out and, and take my money, but nobody's selling. So the selling was done before you walked into the store. A couple of weeks ago, I bought a new car, new for me at least. Uh, nobody sold me that car. I knew what I wanted. And I went to the dealer that had the car that I wanted, and I just had to negotiate price, and, and, and we were done there. So brand is the, the ball game, and you've got to be branded. And if you're not branded, life is going to be very, very difficult for you. Yeah, all four are important. But I want to go to the, your last point that I think is critical, you know, what's changed in, uh, you know, with the, kind of the speed of 
marketing and all the information on the internet, it facilitates. So when you go, the amount of research you can do today, for instance, buying your car uh, that you just bought, before you even go there, wherever it is, uh, has just changed dramatically. And I think this is something where these four horsemen are so important to us. And we all are aware of them, but you know, executing is a whole different thing because you know, today, whether you're in a B2B, a business to business or business to consumer situation, they, people are gathering information and they in turn are pretty far along on their decision making. Where in the old days, we'd call somebody, we'd kind of talk with them and think about it, whether it was a car or whether it was a major feature of equipment or consulting service. We've now gone all the way down. Um, and yeah, as a matter of fact, I'm looking at whether I should get solar or not before the tax credits go and all that, which is really hard as a libertarian uh, going and uh, taking advantage of this. But we'll, we'll stop there. But I did, you know, the amount of research you do before you even talk with anybody anymore is so far ahead. Richard, how, how do you see, you know, the kind of you've used this. And one of the things that I, I, I was amazed, I mean, how prepared you were for I've seen you present twice now and how prepared you were for that you know before we turned on the camera uh, you and I talked about what we talk about today I think uh, I've done I don't know probably close to 200 of these interviews you may win the award for the most prepared and you know what's this you always you know this is something you've done all your life and it's a uh, preparing a written plan and and how how do you do that and then how has that served you and and what would you recommend to your fellow entrepreneurs well um, it's a good lead into another very important four port uh, project here but let me just make one more comment on on brand uh, you do not uh, build a brand quite frankly with advertising that's a common mistake that advertisers make they go out and spend a lot of uh, time and money resources on advertising you build a brand with buzz you protect your brand with advertising once you've got it established to protect yourself from competition you, you do advertising i uh, uh, am very well known in my area politically uh, marketing etc got a uh, you know a well-established brand i've yet to take out the first ad advertising myself i've been the subject of thousands of news stories done thousands of radio television uh, stories, uh, articles, etc., shows, and uh, so that's how you build it by buzz, and then you protect it with, with advertising. It's very, very important. Uh, in terms of uh, being prepared, uh, as I said earlier, I don't do much of anything in life without a four-part plan. Uh, used to, uh, in the late 70s, early 80s, a lot of us conservatives in Washington, D.C. area and around the country would get together, 20, 25 of us, for a long weekend. We'd go plot and plan, strategize, and uh, we'd come up with problem X. And it was a young congressman from Georgia in the late 70s, who, Newt Gingrich. He'd go to the uh, blackboard. We didn't have whiteboards in those days. And he'd write four words on there. An hour later, we'd filled in these four words, and we saw a path clearly forward. So before I do your interview, before I speak anywhere, I spoke uh, Saturday, I spoke again uh, this past Monday, I always do a four-part plan. And the four-part plan is vision, goal, strategy, and then tactics slash project. What's my, uh, what's my vision uh, for uh, this uh, 
broadcast here? What's my, uh, uh, what's my goals? What's my strategy? And then what's my tactics, uh, projects, etc. there. And so uh, if you break any part, any plan, uh, any project down in those four parts, it makes the going so much easier. When I'm doing a book, uh, I'll do a four-part plan. Uh, who am I going to get to uh, who uh, uh, help me do the research, who help me do the writing, do this or that? Then once I've written the plan, then I'd have another plan to market the book. So you can divide most any project in life into those four parts, vision, goals, strategy, and tactics. And it just makes life so much more, not only easier, more likely to be successful. Well, I think so often, you know, it's kind of what we were talking about, Richard. You jump, you go to the rabbit hole, you're chasing things. And when you, you, you don't take the time to step back and get clear on what's the vision that you're working toward and specifically what the goal is. And you can say yes to a lot of things that you shouldn't say yes to and, and get yourself really in trouble. And, uh, oh, yeah. and let me just give, go give ahead. you an example, uh, John. I did a, a broadcast uh, like this uh, last week, a couple of hundred people in development, fundraising, marketing uh, on the call. And so I said, okay, what are the things that I want to come out of here? One of them and my goals was, you know, maybe pick up one or two new employees, maybe one or two new clients, okay? And then I want to uh, reinforce my brand. These are all people who are in my business. Many of them are my competitors. So I had a plan to reinforce my brand, to stress this, stress that. And it makes uh, the going so much easier if you come well prepared. Yeah, it really does. I do an awful lot of presentations too, Richard. And one of the things that, you know, when you get really clear what it is you want to accomplish, the odds of accomplishing that go up oh. dramatically. It's kind of a, a ridiculous understatement. John, let me, uh, one point I forgot to make on, uh, on this plan, it was so important. The number one benefit of writing a plan is not working the plan. That's important, but that's secondary. The number one benefit is writing the plan. Because as you write the plan, it clarifies your thinking. It crystallizes your thinking. You thought you wanted to go over here, but you say, no, I think I need to go over here and more of this, less of that. And the exercise of writing the plan is hugely important. And it doesn't take long in an hour. You know, a young person who's starting off in their life, you know, do a plan for your life. Lots of studies have been shown uh, over the years that people who have a written plan for their life will accomplish far more than people who don't have a written plan. And by the way, several things. It's permissible to change regularly if you want to change, modify it, whatever. Also share it with other people. Let's say that you've got a goal of uh, losing 50 pounds in the next six months. And you share that with all your friends. You're at dinner one night, all of a sudden you've got pie a la mode in front of you there and your friends <laughs> say, hey Richard, what about this plan here? Uh, so share your plan with others. And Bill Clinton, when he's 16 years old, is telling everybody he's going to be president of the United States. His girlfriend at Yale, Hillary Rodham, introduces him by saying, meet Bill Clinton, my boyfriend, he's going to be president of the United States. And after a while, people buy into it and, and they want to help you. And so uh, write the plan, share yeah, the whole us. planning process is just so powerful. Richard, you know, one of the things, you know, you've written books, you are a big believer in the power of books. Uh, let me go to the next segment, which is the book of the day. And you've got, you know, a lot of times I'll ask people to just share one book 
and uh, you you have trouble with one book. You have a whole different way of doing it. And why don't you share that, and then we'll share you know, what you're doing okay. with our audience. Yeah, I have a, a bibliography, which I'll be glad to share with uh, your audience, that uh, uh, has, I think, the, the most important marketing books. There's probably a few that I don't have on here, but if, and I tell my team members here, these books that I have here, 15 or so, you don't just read those books, you memorize them because they're, they're the giants. And most people just in, you know, read, you know, one or two books a week or two or three a month, whatever, you know, and that's okay. But I don't think it's near as helpful if you can identify the classics and just drill down deep and memorize them almost. If you're going to be a, a minister, a preacher, a pastor, you're not going to read the Bible once. You're going to go through it over and over and over until it really is part of you. And I'd be believing the same way with books. But it's also important for these entrepreneurs listening to us, not only to study marketing, but study business books as well. Because I said earlier, most of us didn't go to school to learn to, uh, to run a business. So uh, we need to study marketing and business. One of the uh, best business books that I've read recently is by Peter Thiel, a fellow libertarian, John, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, called Zero to One. It's a powerful book, a small book. You, know, you can read it fairly quickly. It's got a powerful message in it. It talks about the importance of having a legal monopoly. Uh, and when you have a legal monopoly, you're not been commoditized. And it just is a killer to be commoditized and be driven down to the lowest common denominator. Uh, great uh, progress is, is made by companies like Microsoft and, uh, and Apple and others, uh, uh, Google, uh, Amazon. And they have monopolies in all, in, for all intents and purposes, at least for some period of years. They make heavy profits, and then they can go out and do all kinds of uh, research and development and take us into new paths that they couldn't be have taken us if they had been commoditized and had to sell for the lowest common denominator price. I'm going to put it up on the screen. And Peter is, uh, not only is he a good author uh, in this book, but he is uh, one of the most successful entrepreneurs here in Silicon Valley. And definitely has some insights to share. They're going to make a difference. It, it's written for startups, but it's really for all businesses. Absolutely. Yeah, I would recommend it strongly. Let me go to the next segment, which is resources. And Richard, what I'd like to do, you know, I'm going to pull, pull up your website, uh, americantarget.com. And let me flash that on the screen. It's got it's got some pictures of you with, uh, I, I can relate to this a lot, with more hair along the way. <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, I've got some early pictures, and I did have hair at one time, too. And, but, you know, just, uh, I mean, I read the history, and there's so much things. But tell us a little bit about your business now, because I, I, I know uh, I'm, I'm working with you to try to figure out how best to use your services. How, how can other entrepreneurs... Uh, reach out to your company and you know, take advantage of all this wisdom and connections and data that you have? Well, you know, the, the main thing, I think I've covered a lot of the highlights here, you know, read, study, get mentors, have accountability. No, no, I, I'm, I'm talking about how they can actually talk with you for your yeah. company versus, right. you know, you're, uh, you're helping them build great businesses. Now we've got we to execute on a few things. And one of the, the big challenges that many of us have 
is that we've kind of refined, you know, we've, we've, we've nailed our client experience. It's working really well. We've built up our business. We've done some of the marketing things you're do, you're saying, and now we're ready to expand it a bit. And you know a few more people, at least your database does, than we do. Yeah, we, as I said earlier, we have 10 million uh, names and addresses of just donors. Uh, so people will regularly ask me, do I know this gazillionaire or that gazillionaire? No, I, say, I don't know the, the billionaires, but I know 10 million, 10, 25, 50, $100 uh, donors there. And that's the lifeblood of, of anybody's organization is, is your customer base. And by the way, I'll get to your question in a minute, but I want to make sure I've, I've mentioned something, John. The importance of understanding the lifetime value of your customer. Uh, I understood that early on from st my study of business in the 60s, and it gave me a huge advantage over my competitors because uh, I focused on the lifetime value of a customer. So I could spend a dollar on marketing and bring in 70, 80 cents because I knew that that 20, 30 cent per dollar loss was going to be turned into 10, 20, 50 dollar profit over the over the years. So understand as a business person how much you can invest in marketing by understanding the lifetime value of your customer there. Uh, in terms of uh, reaching me, uh, feel free to uh, contact me at uh, my initials, uh, R-A-V, company's initials, A-T-A, at AOL.com. So repeat, R-A-V, A-T-A, at AOL.com. And that AOL address tells you I've been around for a long time. <laughs> and my son <laughs> really bugs him and says, Dad, nobody uses that anymore. Well, I'm comfortable with it. I, I, like I, I, I do have a few good friends that still have that are some of my most successful friends, Richard. So you're in good company here. But no, and, and so let me go to the next segment, which I think is really important for all of us. And it's the, the key takeaways. And I, I want to share... Yeah, Richard, I mean, I, I, I've written down so many insights. Uh, let me start. I'm going to start with your last one first is know the lifetime value of the client relationship. This is, this is something I didn't fully understand until about 10 years ago, and it's changed my life because you know, with marketing, we spend a dollar. Most of us want to get $2 back right away, uh, and that limits us. Well, if your competitors feel that way and you can do just what Richard said, you spend a dollar and get 70 cents back immediately, you know, you have an unfair competitive advantage. And that you can only do that if you know the long-term lifetime value of your clients. And this is something that, you know, if you're you can understand your cost of acquisition and the value of the clients you have really kind of the, almost a slot machine. You put a dollar in, it doesn't pay off immediately, but it might pay $17 as Richard was saying. So number one, understand that. Also major mentors. I mean, every major change in my life, kind of that acceleration that we talk about here at AE, uh, Accelerating Entrepreneurial Success, AES Nation, uh, has been a mentor. And you know, reach out, they show up at different times in your life. Uh, sometimes they stop by, as Richard said, more often than not, you have to seek them out. And, and it's going to change. You're not going to have one mentor during your lifetime. Real board of directors, you know, accountability. I don't know about you, but me, I would prefer no accountability. Well, I've been married for 35 years. I've had several businesses. I've done venture backed and so on. I know that accountability does make a difference. Four Horsemen, I, I think this is uh, brilliant uh, you know, positioning. And, I, and I've never heard that before, Richard. I didn't catch that when you talked about it before. Positioning as kind of the private mindset of you're getting that space. 
differentiating you know, the public, you know, how people perceive you, USB benefit, we gotta have clarity on that. And then the brand is all about the buzz. And this is so important for all of us. Written plans, vision goals, strategies, tactics are critical. And in approaching this each and every time, Richard, I wanna thank you uh, profusely for the difference you're making in the world, first of all, and for sharing your insights with our fellow entrepreneurs. Let everyone know that you can get you know, everything Richard and I talked about, the transcription at aesnation.com, all the links to everything we talked about will be there. And above all, you know, I know Richard, you want them. I want them to go out and make a huge difference. Uh, Western civilization, their clients, their future clients, all these strategic partners are counting on them. Let's go out and make a big difference. John, let me make one last important point. Yes. And that is, at age 82, I'm doing all the things that we've talked about. My good health is not an accident. I work at it. So I encourage all of our listeners to uh, pay attention to your health, study, read health as well as business and marketing. It makes all the difference in the world. I spend a lot of time, and my wife does, studying health, and it's not an accident. We work at it. Eat your vegetables, your fruit, exercise, <laughs> etc. So work at it. No, and, I, and I, it's so funny. You, know, you mentioned earlier one of your mentors was Dan Sullivan, and Dan and I are in partnership on a couple of things. And Dan called me up, and he said, John, you know, and Dan's, uh, I think he's 72, 71, 72. And he goes, John, if we're going to be working together, you got to take better care of yourself because I only do partnerships for 25 years. And, and it's just that long-term life. And, you know, really, you're an inspiration, Richard, to all of us. So, yeah, you owe it to your clients, your future clients, your families to take care of yourself. Today, there's so much going on in the health side. We want to have the energy to really make a difference. So let's go make a difference. Wish you the best of success exceptional, remarkable breakthroughs, aesnation.com.